Sometimes, despite your best efforts, your recovery gets derailed. Powerful life triggers, a lack of support, a wrong turn. Relapse happens, it's frustrating, but the important thing is to not wait another day to get back on track. Foundations Recovery Network is here to help with more than a dozen outpatient programs and six residential treatment centers to choose from. Our co-occurring treatment model gets to the root of your addiction, putting you back on the road to recovery. Call 877-714-1318 to reach our confidential helpline 24-7. We're waiting by the phone. Yo, what's up? This is Jacoby from Papa Roach. This is Ryan Lee. This is Wes. This here. is Bob Ford. This is Rich Roll, and you're listening to Silver Guy Radio. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to Humans for bringing us in. Much love to those guys, and thank you for supporting the show. Have you checked out the I Am Sober app? If not, you can go to that soberguy.com right now. You can download it there for free. You can get an overview of your sobriety milestones. You can see how much money you saved. You can also get daily notifications to help keep you on track and headed in the right direction. You can get it at that IamSoberApp.com website. You can also go to that soberguy.com. It's on the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store. Uh, check it out today. It is a really good tool. It's not going to save your ass, but you can. it's something that you can add uh, to your already um, tools of recovery. Put that in your back pocket. Check it daily. Help keep your ass on track. IamSoberApp.com. Check it out today. Um, also, are you looking for help or do you have a family member or a friend who needs some help? You can call Foundations Recovery Network. They have a confidential and private line, 1-877-714-1318. They have nationwide residential and outpatient facilities. Uh, they can answer some questions for you, provide you with some resources in your area. Um, they're good people. I know many of them personally. We've been working with them for a couple years now. We'll be down at the San Diego um, uh, Innovations and Recovery Conference uh, coming up in April doing some live podcasting. And I get to uh, to see all the great folks from Foundations again. So um, once again, let me give you that number. If you are looking for someone to reach out, it's 877-714-1318. All right, we're going to get this thing rolling today. Super pumped. I'm finally... Um, able to have Amy Dressner on the show today. Amy is a a former professional stand-up comic, having appeared at the Comedy Store, the Laugh Factory, the Improv. Uh, Since 2012, she's been the sole official columnist for online addiction and recovery magazine, The Fix. That's thefix.com. She's also written for Good Men Project, The Frisky, Refinery29, Addiction.com, Daily Tonic, Vice, and Psychology Today. Um, and psychology today where she has her own addiction blog entitled coming clean. And then, uh, she was so gracious to send me a copy um, of her first book, which she released in September of 2017, my fair junkie, a memoir of getting dirty and staying clean, which we're going to talk a little bit about today. Uh, Amy, it's great to have you on sober guy radio. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Shane, man. It's been great. I'm so, so I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm super stoked to have you and um and you know my my kids were sick a couple of weeks ago so you were kind enough to reschedule so oh, I'm just really glad Oh my god, to, uh, no problem. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, you know how it is, you know, wiping I sh- I can't even take any credit for this shit. Wiping snotty noses and wiping shitty asses. That's my <laughs> wife. My <laughs> wife is like just kicks ass at that stuff. I'm I'm uh. trying to get better at it, but you know. Um so what's up with you? How how how's things going? Um I feel too um like 
you've been on every fucking podcast lately. I Rich know. Share. Like I'm going down the list. I, I had to, I I know. to the Rich Roll Share, Dopey, Menti- Mental Illness Happy Hour, um, Since Right Now, High Sobriety, Rise and Grind. Mm-hmm. There's more that I've, I've missed out there too. And a couple of those are, are friends of friends Rise of and Grind hasn't even posted yet. How'd you know about that? I I I looked it up today. It looked it looked like it was on there. That's my my buddy Anthony out of Wisconsin. I know he's, he's dope. Did it post? I think so. I think it did. Oh, he didn't. He didn't. I didn't know that. Okay. I don't know. Yes, but he's he's a good dude. Definitely doing a lot of good work out there in Wisconsin. But you're you're just like you're all over the place. What's up? I like, know. So I just. I mean, I, you know, it's like I I just if they if they'll have me, I'll do it. I feel like, you know, I need to get out there. I just, I mean, I don't know if all the same people listen to all the same podcasts and they're probably just like hating me, but you know, <laughs> it's like, I, I think I have an important message. Obviously sure. I want people to buy the book and like, you know, I've got a friend who was booking, um, another recovery writer and was getting him into all these podcasts, Freddie Negretti. Oh yeah, well, yeah. That's a good point, actually, because right. we kind of hooked up through Steve. Steve is yeah. Is well, who Steve. So Steve up. is like Steve is a huge fan of mine. He's like a terrific friend, and he just is like anytime he booked Freddie, he would like pitch me, it's and awesome. and so and I was like, and it's so lovely when people do that because it's rare. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not just in recovery, but just in the creative world where people like share resources and support each other and stuff like that. So, For sure. you know, I, yeah, I'm like, he's like, I've got, I, I got you on another podcast. I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure my friends are just like, Jesus Christ. But it's like, you know, I mean, people have been turned on by different ones. Like a lot of people heard the, you know, heard rich roll. Yeah. Some people got yeah. it through high sobriety, John Clint Mabers thing. So it's just like, you know, whatever. It's all, it's all kind of part two. I mean, I, like you said, you're, you're promoting the book. Like you have a great story to tell. Um, so there's that aspect of it. The other thing I want to mention too, you said like, just as far as helping people out, hooking people up, connecting people like, man, I did not know what that was about until I got in recovery. Like, because everything's so selfish, like everything's about me. Right, like, I didn't right. give a fuck about like trying to really, and not that I'm like some, I didn't help people, but I really didn't help people consciously. You know what I'm saying? And like mm-hmm. that oh, part totally. of it is so fucking cool. Yeah. And Sorry, it's like, you know, me neither. I mean, yeah. me neither. That's like, you know, we're all about ourselves and like, you know, yeah. you know, taking our emotional temperature and what can you do for me and look at how much pain I'm in and like, you know, me, 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 me. Yeah. And so, you know, I really try and do that. Not, I mean, I try and be in service, you know, just in the rooms and out of the rooms and also, you know, with other people that are talented, if they're like, yeah. you know, I hook them up with a fix you know, if they've got a book, I, I'll introduce them to my agent. Like, it doesn't hurt me. And it's like, you know, I just, someone opened the door for me. And it's like, if I think someone's talented, like, I'm happy to open the door. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like. Yeah. Super cool. Well, I think, you know, in mentioning some of the, the podcasts and different platforms and, and writers, um, you know, people just general uh, who are artists. It's so cool because there's this community of like digital recovery tools now from from podcasts to books to courses, all this types. And there's also a lot of personalities and people um, that have created this content over the last few years. And I feel like there's like this shift in in the recovery world, you know, from I mean, I agree. The, the foundation is still set there in the rooms, 12 step programs, whatever it is that, um, right. you know, each people do, but now there's all these extra tools from apps and all this stuff. I mean, like what's your take on all the new technology stuff that's coming out and helping uh, people stay sober? I mean, you know, that stuff didn't really exist when I was getting sober, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm happy to be part of it. Um, I personally like, you know, 
like I don't do online meetings. I like to be like, because I work from home, it feels like house arrest already. And so it's like, (laughs) I got to get out of the house. You know what I mean? So it's like, I got to go and like actually see other human beings. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, but it's like, I think it's great. I think it's great. And it's like, you know, I think there's people probably, you know, I mean, I live in LA where like we have, you know, I think what I think 2000 meetings a week, 4,000 meetings a week, something crazy. And it's like an amazing recovery scene here. And it's like, but not everyone is, you know, has that available to them. So it's like, if you're like in some, you know, tiny town and it's like, you know, there's one meeting a week and you like need more support, like there's all this cool stuff. And it's like, so, I mean, I think it's great. And I think it's, it's, you know, we need to get out there. I think, you know, to change the, to break the stigma, we really, really need to tell the stories of success. Yeah. You know, so that, no, that's a, that's a huge, that's a huge and a really good point too, that, um, like I'm out know. with my recovery. I'm all about like yeah. the recovery out loud. I'm like, fuck anonymity. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't out other people or anything like that, but it's like, you know, it's like, I'm not, uh, you know, being got getting sober and I've done it a couple times <laughs> um, <laughs> is the hardest thing I've ever done. And one of the things I'm most proud of. And it's like, I think that we should, you know, people should be applauded for that. And it's yeah. like, it's really, really difficult. So I think that that's, you know, it's important for us to be out there. It's like, you know, and, and in the public eye united, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, no. And, and I think like, and I, with, with respect to traditions and the rooms and everything, like this is my, like you said, it's your choice. Like what I'm about to say was my choice too, in opening up and just like, I never understood, like, how am I going to help somebody else if I'm staying silent about it? So whether I'm in the workplace, totally. in the corporate world, or I'm out at the grocery store, like, it seems like every time I talk to somebody, if it's not them, it's somebody close to them who struggled Absolutely. with addiction. And so of like, course. if I was, if I was hiding that shit, like how, how am I going to affect, uh, you know, how, right. it affect how, by sharing it, how can it be story? attraction? How totally. can it be attraction versus promotion? If no one knows you're in it, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's like, I mean, also like, I mean, when I was using, like I had a radar for people who were holding mm-hmm. and now I have a radar for people who are sober. It's yeah. like, I just know, yeah, like I can true. just tell. You know, it's like, boom, I'm like, are you, are you sober? And they're like, yes. And it's like, you just know, you yeah. recognize your own people. And it's like, you know, for me, I mean, some of the mythology of, you know, of, of 12 step and like, you know, as a Jew, uh, you know, it's like the whole like Christian cult thing that really kept me away for a long time. And it's like, I think it's important to show that that's not really what it's like at all. And it's like, you know, anonymity was, you know, created in the, in the, in the thirties, you know, when it was a very different time. And now we have celebrity rehab and intervention. I mean, it's a complete, you know what I mean? There's like, you know, there's, there's, there's rehab commercials, there's billboards. It's like, it's It's a a whole, it's a whole industry. I mean, yeah, it's a whole different time. You know what I mean? It's a completely different time. And so I just, you know, I'm not, also, I was, you know, my whole life is basically recovery. I wrote an addiction memoir. I was writing for addiction mags. I was out. Yeah. I was out. And it's like, you know, um, I just, you know, the whole thing will, oh, well, if you relapse, it makes it look, it looks like AA doesn't work. It's like, I disagree with that. It's like, first of all, AA does not work for everyone. It's not yeah. the best way for everyone to get sober. Like that fundamentalist idea has to go out the window. It's, you know, it's yeah. like, 
It's not one size fits all. Everyone comes in with a different baggage and it's like, however you get sober is the best way for you, you know, whatever that is. And it's like, you know, um, I just, I think it's the rare person who like rolls into a meeting and is like, I got it. You know what I mean? And stays sober (laughs) for 19 years. Like that's not most people's experience. And it's like, you know, it's like, you know, they're like, well, if you relapse, it looks like A, it doesn't work. Really? Like if you have cancer and you have chemotherapy does and you still die, do, do people think chemotherapy doesn't work? No. <laughs> yeah. And you can't, yeah. and, and I know, I know, um, you know, relapse has been a huge part of your journey, um, yeah. in, in recovery. And like, if you just gave up and you took that mentality, you wouldn't be, you know, how many, you have like, what, almost five years or over five yeah, years? Yeah, I had five years and I had five years yeah. in January. So yeah. congrats on that. Number Thank one, you. super, super cool. Um, but had you given up and said, oh, fuck, I'm a fucking loser. And I just, I've yeah. relapsed so many times. Like you'd be, you know, who knows? Maybe you wouldn't even be alive today. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah. You kept and that's going. A, yeah. And that's a big part of, I think what's, you know, the feedback I get from the book is people are just like, you've given me hope because yeah. I've been a chronic relapser and you finally got it. And it's like, you know, I think it's really important not to buy into that thing where people like get very caught up in the hierarchy of the rooms and fucking like being ashamed and like, yeah. oh, well, if I relapse, I can never come back because I'd be ashamed. It's like, well, fuck what people think. Like, really? Like, you know, you want to be queen of the drunks? Fuck that yeah. shit. Like, you're there to save your life. And it's like, you know, I think it's become this weird social thing. And it's like that part is not important. You know, yeah. time is important. Of course it is. But like, Time does. I, I know plenty of people with a lot of time who are assholes, yeah. and I know a lot of people with you know not that much time who are amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, so I just you know I, I I do it my way, and I do get some shit for it. And I'm you know it was you know I'm kind of a loner, so for me to even get into like a program was like uh, you know I'm not a joiner. Yeah. And it was really hard for me to be part of that and kind of like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, and I've gotten pushback for even the title of my book. Hmm. People are like, junkie, we don't use that word. We use clean. Uh, we don't yeah. use dirty. That's the whole new movement is like changing the vernacular to something more medical like substance use disorder so that it changes the way that people view the inner life. I, you know, I, I, I read that recently, too, because I, I just kind of learned that. As, you know exactly what you're talking about the verbiage mm-hmm. trying to change the mm-hmm. verbiage and mm-hmm. make less of a stigma behind it like i get it but at the same time um i don't really get it like what's, your, right. what's yeah. your take on it <laughs> i think i understand i i support the the theory behind it yeah um i think that we've tried to change language first of all as a as a former writer i mean as a former writer as a former comic and a writer I don't like having my hands tied regarding what words I can use. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I don't like that. It's okay? like some I'm 1984 not, shit. Yeah. I'm not PC. I don't like, like, you can't use that word. That doesn't feel like a free, like freedom of speech to me. Yeah. And it's like, number one. Number two, it's like, it's not, so. you know, I think it's going to take a lot more than just changing the language for people to, to view us differently. And yeah. it's like, you know, we, we call you know, we, we, we call black people African-American now. Is there no more racism? Uh, that's not, you know, absolutely. There's still racism. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can change the verbiage and it's like, you know, I think that what really is going to change it is more people coming out in recovery, more people coming out with their stories and people realizing that it's a, it's a huge problem. It's widespread. It touches everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like, yeah. you know, it's like, 
you know, yeah, there's a there's a, a chemical and medical component, you know, but it's like we don't, I don't think we know enough about addiction. You know, I mean, there's Gabor Mate who thinks that it's completely based on childhood trauma, yeah. you know, and there's other people who think it's completely biological. And it's like, so I don't know. I mean, I think that everyone's addiction is kind of different. Some people come back, they weren't an addict, and then they went and they fought in the war and saw their friend's head got blown off and they came back with PTSD and couldn't get those, you know, start mm-hmm. drinking and boom. Or someone else got a, you know, you know, had a, ba- a bad injury and got addicted to opiates. Like everyone's story is different. Yeah. Every, you know, and, and that's a, like everyone's story is different. And that's why it's so important. Like you, like you said earlier, everyone's recovery is different. So there's not some one fucking right way to do everything. And I hate that. Sometimes it's like, if you don't, if if you don't do it this way, you're going to fail. You know, it's like, well, no, just because you did it that way doesn't mean that that's going to work for me. Like I got to find what, and don't get me wrong. There's definitely solid things that have been proven to work like a sponsor, like step work. I mean, those are like some of the solid things, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's different. And you, I think for me, I know I've had to kind of learn to flex a little bit and find my own program that works yeah. for me. And I'm still finding it. It's, it changes like every day. I feel like I'm learning a little bit, something new, yes. you know, I totally agree with you. And you know what? I've relapsed and I did the steps and I had a sponsor and I still ate it, I, yeah. you know? And yep. it's like, you know, it's like, I mean, you know, if you think, you know, addiction's a disease, well, relapse is a part of every disease. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. You know? So it's That's true. Like, That's a good point. You know, I mean, it's a miracle we ever fucking get sober or get a day like, you know, and some people never do. And it's just like, so I just, yeah, I mean, I take what works for me and I throw away the rest and I guess, you know, it's like, yeah. I never read the comments on the fixed articles. You know, there are people like, she's too AA. And there's other people like, she's not AA enough. And it's like, you know, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. You know, it's like, you know, I'm writing my truth and whatever. And it's like, and I think that I say a lot of the things that a lot of people think and feel about the program that, and, that are too scared to write. And it's yeah. like, you know, I'm not a representative of AA, although I do, I have sponsees, I have a sponsor, I do step work, it changed my life, it saved my life, blah, blah, blah. But I also feel like I am a representative of me and my story and my take. And it's okay to question shit. Yeah, for sure. You know what for I mean? Sure. If it's not, if you can't question things, and you can't go, wow, look, that sponsor fucked his sponsee. Like, like if you can't, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, it, the program is full of flawed human beings. Yeah. So like, oh, yeah. let's not put it on some creepy pedestal and pretend it's some per- perfect, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's where the cult mentality comes where you've got to say these certain things and da da da. It's like, I'm not down with that. I'm just not down with well, that. And I think that, you know, and, and I, I don't want to like, demonize any program but at the same time i think you're being real right now and i think there's some really valid points here and i think that that is why a lot of people get scared off initially or never even make an attempt to go get the help that they need or go try a 12-step program because a lot of um and you know it might not always be accurate obviously if you hear something from somebody that's on your first you know that you're you're hearing what they're telling you go find out for yourself but at the same time i think you're right on point on the fact of, um, well, we kind of both said it, like there's not just one way to do it. You got to kind of branch out a little bit and find what works for you. Yeah. And then they're like, well, if you relapse, you're not doing it right. It's your fault. And it's like, Hey man, that's, there's smart recovery. There's refuge recovery. There's harm reduction. There's, you know, you know, Matt, there's all kinds of other ways to do it. And it's like, I support 
any way you fucking get there. So how, whatever works for you. How, how important have the steps and step work? I know you said you've done it a couple times. Um, are you actively doing them right now? Or did you, did, yeah, did you I mean, them? I'm on my eight step. I'm kind of dragging nice. my feet and my sponsor's like kicking my fucking ass. It's not my first Good. time doing my <laughs> steps in this, in yeah. this sobriety, but it's my first time doing them with this sponsor. Uh, my old sponsor left the program. After 25 years, and that was kind of like, whoa, 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 is it all bullshit? Like, why are you leaving? Like, wait, huh. well, what? You know? Yeah, that's kind of um, got to like fuck with you a little bit. Yeah, like it did. Mind. It yeah. did. It did fuck with me a little bit. I was like, well, can I leave then? And he was like, no. You know? I was like, well, wait, what? You know? But um, again, everyone has their own journey and whatever. So, um, but has yes. that been has that been huge for you though? Like in going through the steps again? I guess what I'm what I'm saying is. Um, how much have you felt yourself, you know, growing and going towards more of um, learning about Amy, I guess, in a sense, well, in, in mean, doing the step know, work? Well, okay. The fourth step changed my life. I mean, you know, it really, you know, better than any therapy. And I've seen every, you know, I come from a pretty privileged background. I don't have money anymore, unfortunately, because I spent it all on fucking expensive rehabs and, you know, exorcisms yeah. and biofeedback and herbology and, you know, and weird fucking alternative ways to get clean and all this kind of shit. <laughs> but it's like, you know, um, I, that, the four steps showed me I wasn't who I thought I was. Yeah. And um, empowered me because I thought I was a victim and I thought everyone was doing all this shit to me and I didn't understand why my life wasn't working and I felt cursed and I felt like, you know, blah, 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 blah. I felt really sorry for myself. Yeah. And when I did the four step and I got to see like, wow, I'm abusive and lustful and manipulative and this and that and selfish. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> like I wasn't who I thought I was at all. Yeah. And it really fucked with me. I wasn't like, you know, people are like, after I did my fist step, I just was like walking with the hand of the universe and felt, I didn't feel like that at all. I cried for three days. I was like, oh my God, I am so ashamed yeah. of who I am. And, you know, my sponsor was just like, you know, this is the discover part. You know, we're going to yeah. see your character defects and then you get to work on them. We're not there yet. Don't beat yourself up. The first thing is just discovering it. And I mean, there was something empowering in, seeing the same shit come up over and over and over again in yeah. all my fucked up relationships and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, wait a second. Like if I stop behaving that way and stop doing that, maybe this shitty stuff will stop happening to me, <laughs> you yeah, know? And that's exactly what happened. Hmm. You know what I mean? And so for me, it's been really like, I really look at the program as like cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm not like I pray and I meditate and all that crap, but it's like, I really like, I work on it as like acting myself into right thinking, like yeah. really, 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 you know, I don't think, you you know, God's going to like pluck out my character defects, like some fucking wizard, you know what I mean? Like he's got <laughs> other shit to do, yeah. you know? So it's like, I'm very much about like, oh, here's my natural instinct to do this. I'm going to do this instead. Yeah. And it's like, and the more you take that contrary action, you know, action is character. You start to actually you know, create new neural pathways and then you become that person. It's yeah. like, you know, like my one, you know, my sponsors is like, you don't have to, you know, be a good person, Amy. You just have to act like one. No one knows the fucking difference. And it's like, <laughs> he's right. Like I'd always been thought, you know, thinking that people were, you know, it's like, well, my intention was good. No one gives a shit about your intentions. Yeah. Well, they care about your actions. And it's like, mm. that's what matters. 
And if you show up, no matter how you feel, you're that person who does those things, who shows up. And it's like, that's changed me. Yeah. Are you still, are you still doing comedy? No. Oh God. So, so is that something that, are you passionate about comedy or, I mean, obviously you're passionate about writing. You're a writer. I'm passionate about but, writing. I mean, I'm passionate about humor as a healing device and as whatever. And it's no, like, but no interest you know. in going back to doing it. No, comedy. it's been okay. seven years. I don't know. Yeah. I'm old, man. I don't want to go and like hang out at a club with people like drinking and smoking blunts, like at 1230 <laughs> at night waiting for a fucking 10 minute spot. No way. You know what I mean? And it's like, what I would like to do is like do a call do the college circuit and speak and be funny yeah. and tell a message yeah. because now what I care about is, is the message yeah. and, um, imparting sort of what I've learned through 20 years of self-destruction. And, um, and, and I think humor makes it more palatable to people and they can hear it and it makes it more fun. See, so that, that's, that's kind of cool because, Number one, obviously, a lot of issues with addiction and alcoholism in the college scene, right? I mean, that's a huge For party sure. atmosphere. So in a, in a sense, I feel like, you know, if that's something that you're going to get into, you have this this gift to write, you have a gift to talk, you have a gift to um, to, to be funny, make people laugh. You're right. kind of, in a sense, doing a form of comedy again, but you're not, now you have a straight message where yes. you actually, it's not just a bunch of like funny, random shit. You actually have a message yes. to give and you can in, in, uh, encase some comedy up in there. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I think that that's, you know, that feels like the combo, the perfect combo of sort of, you know, using that gift. I mean, of course I like making people laugh. I still do it when I speak at meetings, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, humor for me is a way to, you know, that I have diminished a lot of the shame over the things that I've done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, is like, like seeing the humor in it, not taking myself seriously, opening it up, telling people, you know, acting out the story and people are like, wow, they're just like blown away by like how raw I guess and honest I am. But it's like, you know, if you're trying to look good in an AA meeting or look good in a fucking addiction memoir, like, you know, you're not being honest enough. Yeah. Like who cares? Yeah. Well, you don't get it. You I, uh, you, so you did, um, the share podcast with my homie. Oh, right. You know, uh, Oh my God. We, fucking, his laugh is yeah. fucking young. <laughs> he, I He's had him dude. dying. Yeah. <laughs> dying <laughs> he's he's uh he, he's a, a really really great great so dude like awesome just doing solid things in the recovery community yeah you, you just reminded I'm, me I'm, you said I'm, don't 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 take yourself too seriously and i remember a couple years ago like when because we both started you know the the podcast right around the same time a couple months uh-huh. give or take, and we we kind of became friends and started chatting and stuff and uh and I remember one day I was, I was calling him and I, I don't even remember what was going on at the time. He goes, Hey, do you know what rule 62 is? And I said, no, I don't know. He goes, don't take yourself so damn seriously. <laughs> and that right there has just like stuck for so long. And it's so true. Like when I, when I'm taking myself all serious, dude, life sucks. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you're finding ways to laugh and stuff. I mean, that's, that's what well, it's that about. Was kind of something I said, you know, in the book, I was just like, you know, I, I was like, you know, tragedy plus time equals comedy. I mean, if you can see the comedy at the time, time even better because that will sort of you know infiltrate your attitude about whatever's happening to you and that's all you have control over is your reaction and your Mm -hmm. attitude about what's going on in your life for sure you know so let's um i want to um 
I kind of want to get into a little bit of the book to give the yeah, audience no, out there listening like a little a little piece of it. Like, and obviously the first chapter in your book, it's I mean, it really hits comes out hard. It takes place on Christmas. It's chaotic. It's crazy. It's real, which I you know am always a fan of. I want the real, the realest of the real. Um, give us a little take, a little look into what that night was like and kind of how the book opens uh, up. Oh, it was fucking gnarly. Um yeah, Christmas 2011, I was, you know, married and it was not going well. The marriage had been crumbling for a while. I had re- relapsed. I'd been put on Oxycontin for a shoulder injury. Um, I had had some time sober prior to that. And, you know, as soon as the Oxy kind of hit my system, it just triggered the monster and I sort of started to abuse the pills immediately and sort of like, you know, uh, you know, that veil goes up, that veil goes up between you and the world and you get that like, Oh God, I don't care. And uh, you know, this is awesome. And so, you know, I wasn't, you know, totally in my right mind. I was abusing Oxy and we were fighting and I don't, you know, uh, one reason I don't drink or do drugs anymore is because it makes me a violent asshole. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, I'd, I'd hope to think that I wouldn't have done that if I wasn't high. We'll never know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I haven't done it since. I've never pulled a knife on anyone since, <laughs> but you know, it's a good um, sign. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, and I've had relationships and I haven't done that. Um, so I just, you know, I can, I used to have a very bad temper and something inside me snapped and I went and I grabbed a knife and I just was like threatened him. And I just said, I will gut you like a fish, you fat fuck. And he was like, I know, right? So horrible. He goes, and he called the cops. He was just like, my wife is a drug addict. She's mentally ill. And she just threatened to stab me. And they came and I was arrested by the sheriffs. I don't mean to laugh at that too. I apologize. Because <laughs> like, it's not because it's not funny, you know what I'm saying? When like I it's say not meetings, people are horrified. Yeah. They don't well, think it's funny at all. They're just like, What an asshole. <laughs> I mean, I guess you have to have a, you know, a, a sense of humor and that's I think what we were talking about earlier about being in recovery is about cause that that's obviously a seriously a serious issue and something extremely serious at the time. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. I mean but domestic violence is never okay. For sure. Ever, ever, ever. And I'm extremely ashamed that I did that. And that I now I have a criminal record and I was yeah. arrested for felony domestic violence with a deadly weapon. And it's like, all my, you know, it's it, gnarly. It it's a lot not, of shit for you, I'm sure. Yeah, like, it I mean, really it fucked life. me up. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it, yeah. And then my life took a completely different turn. I lost everything. You know, I had to do all this shit to stay out of jail. And it's like, it was humbling. And it was like one of those things where, you know, I mean, I'm a girl from Beverly Hills. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. You know, I graduated magna cum laude. You think I ever thought I'd be arrested for felony domestic violence? Mm, yeah. Like, no fucking yeah. way. But again, that's addiction. Like, you just, you know, all those things you think that will never happen to you, fucking happen to you. If you keep going, like, I've been 5150 four fucking times. You know what I mean? I've been in six rehabs. I've tried to kill myself a bunch of times. Like, I've done a lot, you know, and then there was the sex addiction. I mean, I've done a lot of really fucking shady, gross 
gnarly stuff that I thought would never, ever be part of my life, ever. Yeah. It was never, like, on my fucking bucket list. You know what I mean? Like, how, how hard is it? And then, at the same time, how um, relieving is it to be able... Because, obviously, you're talking about some serious shit, and it's hard for, um, for anybody, I think, to admit some of the things that we've done or that we've been through. Like, how hard is it, but how relieving is it at the same time to just be, like, almost just be able to puke it out and just say, whatever. Like, here it is. If you don't like it, too bad. Like, this is what I've been through. Like, isn't there a lot of like liberation in that for you? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, first of all, I'm someone who's like, I own my stuff and it's like, you know, there is, there is liberation and freedom and just kind of owning it. Cause people are like, what, what, what's someone going to say? Like, I heard you pulled a knife on your ex. It's like, yeah, bitch, I wrote a book about it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's nothing anyone has on me and a way that I deal with my shame is that I expose it. Yeah. That's the way I've always dealt with it is like, I really expose it. Um, I'm sure, you know, most of the Amazon reviews in my book are good. There are people who think I'm a horrible human being. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, that's cool. You know, it's like, I pray that you're never in an experience like, you know, what I learned when I was in dom domestic violence class for a year was like, there were other people who just one hot moment. Yeah. One moment, there were two, had too many drinks, you know, blah blah, and they did something stupid, and their life fucking t was totally changed forever. Yeah, you know, and it's like it's scary. It's scary that it can change in one hot moment. You lose your fucking temper. You do something fucking impulsive and stupid, and you, you know, the consequences are dire. Yeah, dire. Well, I, I I really think too that I mean that that could be anybody in any certain it moment. It is because well, that's that's, what, that's that the point, my, right? That was my revelation. Yeah, was like, oh my god, like I have compassion for everyone now because it's like you too can be in that situation. Don't mm -hmm. think you're different. Don't think that you're immune. Yeah. Like I thought I was, you know, I was like, well, that'll never happen to me. And I'm like, nah, nah, nah. and it's like, <laughs> you know, it was like, there I am on the chain gang sweeping poo. You know what I mean? Yeah. With like 40 fucking Hispanic dudes. Yeah. What, what was, what was that like? You, so you're on oh, the, Ho the Hollywood chain gang. Yeah. And like, what, oh, what was man. that all about? Well, I was like one of the only girls, you know what hmm. I mean? And it's like. I, they called me Flaca, man, because I'm skinny as shit. And it's like, and then I got even skinnier sweeping the streets because that shit's exhausting. It's yeah. really like it's eight hours in the sun of like sweeping the gutters, man. It's mm -hmm. gnarly. And it's like no one talks to you. It's super humbling. And, you know, I, it was funny because I showed up and they were all kind of fronting on me like, you know, what you here for, Weta? You know, and I was like. You know, they're like, I'm here for a DUI. What you here for? You know? And I was like, um, I'm here for domestic violence with a deadly weapon. They're like, oh, shit. You know I what tried I mean? to stab and, my ex. Yeah. I had more time than anyone yeah. else. I was one of the few people there for assault. I was the worst one. I was like one of the worst ones. The skinny white girls, the worst yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, what the fuck? You yeah. know? Um, and no one would talk to us. Like, no normal people would talk to us. We had our shirts on that said clean team on the back, and, like, nobody talked to us because we were criminals. Yeah. And it was it was so humbling and so, like, eye-opening to be on the other side. And, um, you know, it was just – it totally changed my perspective on everything. Yeah. How long did you do that for? A year? Well, I couldn't do it. I had I had 30 days, 240 hours, and it's okay. like 
I mean, I was trying, I was working, I was in sober living and like that shit's tiring and I'm in my forties and like, I couldn't do like a bunch of days in a row. I just couldn't physically handle it. So I did get an extension, but I think I took, I took about a year to finish that shit. Yeah. 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 I was in sober, I was also in treatment for like the first seven months. So it's like, I didn't, I didn't even, you know, I was like a nervous breakdown and trying to get sober. And it was like, that was like the last thing on my mind was like, you know, I was like, Oh God, I can't, I don't want to you know do that but um it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me i mean i got a work ethic it humbled me like i had a huge huge psychic shift from from that which was just like you better grow up you better take responsibility for your actions like these are the consequences of your fucking choices Mm -hmm. and like your whole thing of like i don't want to take care of myself and i'm a princess like that shit (laughs) like the universe was like oh really bitch i don't think so and just pulled the rug and I had to like, I got on medical disability. I was working for $10 an hour. I was just like, there was like literally a mason jar in my sober living that girls would like put money in. I was so mm. broke. And, um, so you're really having to figure out a lot of personal responsibility, you know, uh, like yeah. later on in your life. Yeah. really. Oh yeah. It was like, yeah. I was a little late to the party of that. Yeah. yeah. Of the adult, the adult party of the, yeah. I did. I did think it was pretty gangster that you uh, pounded down like four locos and then puked oh, all over with God, it. Four locos, holy man! God. That that brought me. I, I read that and that brought me back. Like I was like, oh, oh wow, because that yeah. shit should be illegal. Okay, that stuff is so. They still sell it. I don't know if they still. I, I mean, obviously, know. I don't look. I don't but know. I'm gonna I have been... to look next time just to oh, see. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, that stuff. I mean, I didn't even know what that stuff was. I just. You know, I had been, I mean, I would have gotten like fucking Coke or meth, but I'd been out of the loop for so long. Mm -hmm. I'd been in and out of the rooms for so long. I didn't have any connects. You know what I mean? I didn't know where to go. I didn't want to like go down like Skid Row. I was like, I just was like, you know, I don't know where to get any, any drugs. So I was like, so I just like walked into like the nearest 7-Eleven or gas station because I didn't even have a car at that point. I'd lost Mm -hmm. everything. And I just looked for the thing with the highest alcohol content. <laughs> That's and it. it was like, yeah. And, <laughs> and I it's was like, like a dollar. Like, and I, yeah. And I remembered like hearing that malt liquor really fucks you up. And I was yeah. like, okay, cool. And then I was like, and it has kind of a flavor. Maybe it's like, maybe it'll be like a soda kind of. I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like, it has caffeine and I used to like monsters and I liked cocaine. So maybe it'll be like, like doing a little cocaine. Okay. Yeah. And it was like, oh my God, that stuff made me insane. Yeah. Loco. The name doesn't lie. That's for sure. (laughs) You know, man. Yeah. That stuff, uh, some potent stuff right there. Um, so how, how many, how many times, um, how many times did you like go back and forth in and out of the rooms? Was it like multiple times or? Okay. Yeah. I'm 48 years old. Okay. I mean, I look good. I'm like weirdly well preserved for whatever. Cause I have like greasy skin and I'm part Spanish. So it's like, I'm like, and I still have like adult acne. And like, so I mean, and I sleep a lot. I'm a lazy piece of shit. So it's like, I have really, like, I'm very well preserved for yeah. someone who smoked meth. I've never had a cavity. Like, it's really like, no dentist. That's like fucking, like, that's like magic right there. I know. Dentists are, like, dentists are like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. you have never had a cavity and you were a meth addict. It's like, <laughs> but I do have epilepsy. So I have, hmm. so my, my damage is internal. I have, I have epilepsy now from my meth abuse. So and I've had it for 15 years. So I have you a have to abuse. take me- medication for yes. that, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I've had, and it's in this book, you know, it's in the yeah. book, like me having seizures where they would fuck up my medication or whatever. 
yeah. or I'd have a brachial procedure, and that is not fun at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the damage is internal. Um, but uh, I was introduced to the rooms. Uh, I was I was in my first rehab at 25. And I got like, I think I got a year clean off meth. And then I was like, I can drink. And then I tried to drink and I was in a blackout for three weeks. And I was like, okay, maybe not. And then I was like, so then I stayed just dry. I just like was like, just didn't pick up for like six or seven years. And then, uh, you know, I picked up again and it was on again. And then, you know, so then I so I've had like three, you know, I've had six years, I've had three and a half years, I've had a year and a half, I've had nine, I mean, I've just been like, you know, one of those people. Yeah, yeah. Have you, um, have you been able to kind of be able to look back and, and see like, was there, was there anything that really stood out to you? Like why you started going down that path? Originally? Yeah, originally, like from, from the gate, like a lot of, you know, like, a lot of people talk about childhood trauma or they had an, they had um, some sort of experience. They grew up in a domestic, like for me, like my, my, my household was pretty unpredictable growing up. So I learned how to run and hide and then medicate. Like, it, you know, as I got a little older, I can put some of it at least on some of those childhood experiences. Was there anything in particular for you that, um, you know, that like kind of launched you down that path? Um, I'd always been depressive. You know, I'd always been depressed and I sort of had a nervous breakdown at 19 and I was put on psych meds at like 21 and there's mm. a lot of mental illness in my family and there's a lot of addiction in my family. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I was just like in San Francisco kind of just like I'd always like hated myself and felt uncomfortable in my skin and all that stuff, you know, that that addicts talk about, alcoholics and addicts talk about just being like feeling weird and not really knowing like how to navigate life and missing yeah. the manual and all that shit. But it was like I was just kind of experimenting, you know, because I'd been sort of a goody two-shoes and a good girl. And I was like, well, maybe I should just, like, get some life experience. And for me, like, the second time I did crystal meth, something clicked within me and, like, that vortex opened up. And I was like, I feel normal for the first time ever. Hmm. I don't – I want to do this every day. I need to be on this to be on the planet. And then I found out later that, like, my mom had been addicted to amphetamines for 15 years and then my uncle – was a, was a speed freak, and so it was very much in my family. So it felt very, very, very biochemical at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's one of the first, or or what's one thing I guess that, like, if you can kind of think back in the first thirty days of this last stint, or maybe even ninety days, that's cool too. Like, what's one thing that really helped you kind of navigate through that, like in the beginning? And I, and I only well, I ask you that because I really want to give someone out there listening like an applicable point that maybe like might resonate with them. So if there's something that you can think of, you know, specifically. I was in sober living. I mean, hmm. you know, I had relapsed out of a rehab. I'd relapsed out of another sober living. And then I was drunk at a meeting and someone took me back to rehab. They detoxed me mm-hmm. and I went into another sober living. And so I was in a structured environment. And where they made you go to meetings, you had to sign in and out. I, you know, I hated yeah. it. Like we, we hate structure, but we need it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I having going through it with other women who were in early sobriety also, um, being in a supportive environment, being in a safe place. And also kind of, that was the last house on the block for me. Like there was mm-hmm. nowhere else to go. I'd lost everything. 
And it's like that first year blows. I'm not going to lie. That first year is really hard. Like, you know, I never had a pink cloud. Like maybe some people are like, woohoo, you know, I never had a pink anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not in a pink. Like my, I mean, for me, the first year was brutal. And it was like very, I cried a lot. I was really, really angry um, and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, what did I hold on to? I mean, I got a sponsor right away, um, you know, step work meetings and like, you know, really sticking close with other people and yeah. being honest about what was going on and just like, yeah, I mean, I just, I really... Do you notice like a big difference like in, you know, um, in the people you're hanging around? Like you start hanging around people who, you know, are are sober or who at least are, are trying to, you know, go down that path and then surrounding yourself with good people instead of instead of shitty people. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't mean shitty people. Maybe they're good people, but they're fucked up on drugs. So oh, it's like we I mean, don't, honestly, you know. You know, it's like I'd been in and out for so long. So most of my friends were already program people. And I was kind of the retread that everyone was like, she's crazy and a loser and probably won't ever get it. Yeah. Like I was the retread. You know what I mean? I'm you were serious. the project. Huh? You were yeah, the project. I was wearing like, like a fur yeah. coat in June. I had like heavy black eyeliner. I chain smoked. People were like terrified <laughs> of me. I was like so angry. Um, and uh, I just, you know, so I had lost my using buddies you know, really early on because, you know, my addiction had gotten really, really gnarly, you know, and also I just was always like, for me, it was always about self-medication. It was never about a party. Yeah. It was always me using or drinking alone. Always. Yeah. You know, right. I, um, uh, I just have a couple more, couple more questions and then we'll yeah, wrap this thing up. But, um, and, and I appreciate your, you know, your honesty, openness. Obviously, we're not talking about anything that, you know, isn't in the book, too. And there's a whole, how many chapters are in this book? I have it right here. You have. I have no idea. Like, I'm looking right here. There's 19, 18, 19 chapters. 28. No, no, 28. A really 29. fast yeah. read. Like, people are like, I've never finished it, yeah. the book and I fucking ripped through your shit in like a day. Yeah. I'm like, cool. You it, know, I'm glad. Like, it's it moves. It does. You know. and it's real. It's smooth. It's easy to read. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm going to put all the links in the show notes for those of awesome. you out there listening who want to check, uh, check the book out. My fair junkie, a memoir of getting dirty and staying clean. Um, one last question for you. And then uh, I want to find out where we can, um, where we can reach you at. If anyone wants to reach yep. out for you on mm -hmm. social media, if someone out there is listening right now, they're struggling. Uh, they don't really know where to turn to. Um, what kind of advice or hope can you give them, Amy? You can, you can always start over. It's never too late. If you're alive, you can get sober. I don't care how many times you've relapsed. I don't care how dark it is. Don't fucking kill yourself. I've tried to do that three times. You end up in a fucking psych ward for five days with people who think they're Thomas Jefferson. It sucks. The food is terrible. You know what I mean? The beds are awful. Like, don't do it. Like, you know, um, it's, you know, you're in, you're like, you're, it's like being possessed and it's like, it can get better. Like it can fucking get better. I mean, I would find a support group. I don't hmm. think, you know, very few people can do this on, on their own. And it's really cool to find whatever it is, whether it's a smart recovery or fucking, you know, refuge or whatever those, you know, all those programs. It's like, it's so cool to find your tribe and not feel crazy yeah. and alone. 
where yeah. people like where you're like I you know like like you know I shot coke wearing a fucking bike helmet so I wouldn't crack my head open <laughs> and people like laugh at that you know in a normal situation people are like I'm sorry what like they're horrified <laughs> and like other to be around other people that have been where you've been know the feelings know the loneliness know the self degradation the self loathing know the compulsion and have gotten out of it it's like and and like understand yeah. the crazy is like the best feeling in the world you know what i mean totally. and it's like and you're, you're like well fuck if they can do it i can do it when i got my shit got really bad like you know i mean i'm a jew but i was just like god help me like i yeah. fucking this is getting really bad like help me like and that's like the prayer of like every single alcoholic and addict at their bottom no matter if they're an atheist or not it's weird yeah i just um I haven't laughed this hard, I think, in a while in in a conversation. And it's it's and here's what's cool about that too, because you can laugh, you know, whatever. Um, number one, it's great therapy. But number two, I love that like we can take a serious situation and a lot of real really serious topics that we've talked about today and laugh at it. You know what I'm saying? In a, in a light manner and and still be able to present it and um and work through it. I guess so. Uh, number one, thank you for that because it, I always oh, it's course. always nice to to be able to. I think have it's good so combo. important. I think it's yeah. really really important. I mean, addiction. I'm not addiction. Almost killed me for sure. Like people read my book, they're like, "It's I'm amazed that bitch is alive." Like you know. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you know. I think not taking yourself seriously like Omar said mm -hmm. and like finding the humor in situations and just like not beating yourself up over stuff and just like you know you're doing the best you can at the time like you know it's like if I could have done if I had better tools I would have done better but I didn't at that time that's who I yeah. was and that's what I knew and it's I did the best I could and I really had to sort of get to a place of forgiving myself but it's like I think humor is so important. Like the last thing we need is like preachy, more, more preachy bullshit. Yeah. Like that's, nobody that's wants to be helpful. told what to do. You know no, what I'm saying? And like, no one's going to be scared into getting fucking clean. Like that yeah. never worked for me. Like I had a 20 minute convulsion and I was using again, you know, a week later, it's like, you know, I was just like, Oh, that, well, we're not buying from that Coke dealer again. You know what I mean? Like that was sort of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was too big of a shot. Like, no, we're not, we never get scared clean, but it's like what we do get is inspired by other people who've been through really gnarly stuff and like thinking like, well, wow, you know, like, and like, I think humor is, like I said, so key to yeah. diminishing shame. Like we got it because shame kept me using for a long time. I would feel shame about the stuff I did and not being able to get clean. And then I kept self-destructing. And there's got to be a time where you just cut yourself some slack and just go, fuck, forget it. Real quick, I want to bring this up too. And you already kind of mentioned it, but I think it's something that's super, super important to point out, especially for someone out there listening who is really going through it right now. Like, it sounds like you did the same thing. I know I did. Like, even since I was a kid, I beat myself up. Like, I'm my own worst critic, my own worst enemy. And I was very, very hard on myself. And so magnify that in drug use and making mistakes and, and doing stupid things and just not being the person that I knew I, you know, could be. Um, coming down on myself super, super hard made it that much more difficult. And you you said, you said something, uh, you know, just a minute ago, like, don't beat yourself up, like get up, keep going. Um, like how, yeah, that's not helpful. That's just going to keep you using like, like, you know, it's like, like after I got arrested and I lost everything and I tried to kill myself and then ended up in the psych ward, like, you know, it was like, it was like, like after I got arrested and lost everything, like I kept drinking instead of going, Hey man, like you just fucked your life up. 
you should get sober. Yeah. Then I was drinking over the mistakes that my using had caused. Yeah. Yep. Which is what we do. And it's, it's like, yeah. And it's really, really, really dangerous. And it's like, there's gotta be a point where you're just like, you've got your own back and you're like, you know, and if you can't believe in yourself, find someone who believes in you. And it's like, yeah. my parents believed in me when I didn't believe in myself anymore. Cause I was just like, I'm going to die a drug addict. Like I'm never going to get this. You know what I mean? When you yeah. relapse for so long, you stop being able to think that you can ever get clean. And I just want to tell anyone who's struggling that that's absolute bullshit. Like, my life's amazing today. You know, it's not perfect because life's in session and shit like that. And I got my heart broken and my mom's in the fucking hospital and whatever. And it's like, I still get depressed. But I haven't picked up in five years. Yeah, it's awesome. Congrats on that too. And I wrote a book and I did like, I'm doing, I'm following my dreams, man. And it's like, I would, you know, when I was like, you know, using... You know, it was like my dream to maybe take a shower. That was it. You know what I mean? Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, maybe, you know, call the dope dealer. Like, oh, maybe I can, you know, it's like get to CVS and get alcohol so I can clean these needles so I don't get staffed. Like, that was it. You know what I mean? Oh, my dream's to clean the cat box. You know what I mean? Like, that was it. It was so fucking, the bar was so low. Holy shit. That's a, like, that's a pretty fucking low bar. Like, no, I mean, that's, yeah, and I you're mean, being parents, real. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, you know, my parents were like, did you make your bed today? I'm like, yes. They're like, yay! I mean, it's like, <laughs> so stoked for like the littlest things. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I just want to say like, when, you know, the part of, you know, addicts and alcoholics were so intense, were so compulsive, were so driven. And if you can take that, and sort of rein that horse, rein that energy into what you want, you can accomplish amazing shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, it's a gift. That intensity is a gift when it's, you know, when it's bent toward the self-destruction, self, you know, self-hatred and in your addiction, not a gift. But if you can, you know, put it towards something good, you can accomplish amazing stuff. Yeah, I agree. Creative, smart, resilient people and i'm proud you know part of my much of my whatever quote unquote talent or whatever is absolutely because i'm 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 an an addict yeah it comes from that that's part of it it's so cool too that you know you find that passion whatever it is you know we all have something different and like you said put that into the positive uh force behind that and man you can just like you said you can yeah you can do anything like amazing shit it's like i was like oh my god look what i accomplished when i finally got out of my own way got a needle out of my fucking neck like holy shit you know what i mean crazy yeah well you can find um more information if you go to www.amydressner.com. Um, you can also uh, go to the show notes of this episode. The link and the uh, the link to the book will be in there. And then, where can folks reach out to you on social media if they want to uh, find any more info about out about you, Amy? Um, well, a lot of stuff's on my website. You can also message me on my website. All the links to my podcast, articles, everything's on my website. Um, uh, uh, Twitter, Amy Dresner. I'm on Instagram, Amy Dresner, where there's a lot of too many pictures of my cat. I've heard, um, <laughs> people are like, you're kind of hot. Like you should have pictures of you. <laughs> like why so many of Colonel Puff Puff? Like what, you know, is that his name? Colonel Puff? Puff? Yes. yes. <laughs> I, I just, I also just realized I slaughtered your last name. So apologies about that. I think I said oh, Dresner. Dresner. Yeah, it's Dresner. Fine. It's like, bad. it's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um, Mr. Puff or Colonel Puff Puff. Yeah, I know. I'm retarded. I mean, I'm becoming like, I'm like now, like, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm like, am I going to be an old cat lady? Like, this is so sad. I think you're already a cat lady. If you're already Stop posting it. many one pictures, cat I'm sorry. But... A cat lady. One cat. One fucking cat. Right. 
Oh, um, that's uh, good stuff. I'm on, yeah, Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. You know, if you say, hey, man, if you send me a message and say, hey, man, I heard you on Shane's podcast and da-da-da, I'll probably accept your friend request because I have, like, really bad boundaries. <laughs> and it's like, you know, there's also Amy Dresner Official, which is, like, my writing page. You can just follow there and it'll tell you sort of, like, you know, where I'm going to be doing readings. I've got some readings coming up in L.A. You going to be up in NorCal at all? San Francisco, Sacramento? Not that I know of right now. I already did one. I already did something in San Francisco a couple months nice. ago, and they ha- and they hated me. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I is yeah, I'm not PC, and they were yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah. don't. So uh, they were like, yeah, you could hear a pin drop. It was really awkward. They were like, that ooh. Whole, I I wasn't gonna mention because you mentioned something about San Francisco earlier. I wasn't gonna say anything, but since you said that <laughs> now, like it, that place, like I'm about forty forty five minutes from there. My brother in law lives out there. Spent a lot of time out there. Worked out there for a long time. I won't even really go out there anymore, just because oh, it's, so, it's it's a fucking yeah. lo- it's Looneyville out there. I'm sorry oh, to I say know. it. Like, they hated me. I yeah, read the part about where I took care of the quadriplegic guy, which I think is an incredibly moving story. Yeah. But I guess you're not supposed to use the word handicapped, and they flipped out. Yeah, the PC culture and the... It's like, I'm sorry, have you bathed a paralyzed man for seven months and helped him dress and poo and eat? No? Shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? It's it's really just fucking weird at this point out there. It's really, really, really weird. Again, what's important is not the word, it's what's the sentiment behind the word. Yeah. And I'm I'm sorry if I've offended anybody from San Francisco, but uh, (laughs) you know what? Too bad. (laughs) Too bad. That was, I mean, I loved it. I lived there in the early nineties and yeah. man, I had a blast. It's a beautiful city. It it's really super is. Creative. It's super cool. It's gorgeous. Yeah. You know, they have amazing drugs. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, it's yeah. like, so, but yeah, they, it's, it's changed a lot. It's gotten very, very PC and that's just sort of not my bag. You know what I mean? Come up to Sa- Sa- Sacramento is a little bit, a little bit different, a little bit better at least than, than, uh, San Francisco. Um, at least for, at least in my perspective, I don't know. I could yeah. And if you're a woman, wrong. I'm speaking at she recovers, which is a three day women's recovery event, um, at the Beverly Hilton in Los Angeles, September, I think 14th to the 16th. If you go to she recovers and it's going to be like 600 women together. Nice. Like, That's awesome. It's going to be a bunch of women speaking. I'll be there. I'll be selling books. I'm going to be in a dress. God help me. They put their, <laughs> want me to speak the gala. So I can't dress like my normal Rosita basis, lesbian self, but like, I'm not lesbian by the way. Sober, straight guys I'm available and single, <laughs> but you got to take the cat too, <laughs> gentlemen. You got to take just, the cat I too. Like one, I have like, a, like a, a voice, like Harvey F- Fierstein. People are like, are you a man? Like, are you trans? I'm like, so, um, um, but uh, yeah, so come out to that, and um, I've got some readings in LA, and um, yeah, reach out to me. I write back to everyone. I really do because I think it's really important that we connect and give hope to each other and support each other. That's what it's all about. Yeah, for sure, Amy, you're pretty pretty damn rad. I really appreciate you coming on and getting a chat with you. Yeah, good times. I will um, I will put all the uh, uh, links in the show notes once again. Uh, check those out there. For more information, you can go to thatsoberguy.com. Check out past episodes. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean.